beautiful. Oh my gosh. My wife does. Is she there? Baby, you want to come give me a smoocher? They got an app for that. Haha. <laughs> Perfect. Ah, grab my coffee here. So important. Birthday cake pops. All right. Hey, uh, Kurt, do you mind closing the door the rest of the way and then propping that other door open? So let me ask a quick question because we, we, we're super open with people inviting people, which is great. Anyone here, they don't have a kid here, but they're just here checking stuff out. They've never been here before. Is someone invited? None? Perfect. Oh, you? You, you don't have a kid here? You've never been here before? Kind of been here before. Do you know who I am? Do you, know me? you don't know me at all? Oh, boy. Now i got to be appropriate and blah, blah, blah. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Now you're going to keep me honest. You know, tonight is, tonight serves a really big purpose to me. And this is what it is. And we're going to get right into it. Because I want tonight not to just be about me talking. Because, I, I mean, I have enough times to talk about stuff for hours. The, tonight's about content, uh, about facts about how stuff is used, about how it works. Um, let's just ask some very basic questions. Who here owns an iPhone? Okay, who here owns some device that has apps on it in some way, shape, or form? Okay, uh, who has a kid that has an iPhone or a device that has some apps on it um, some way? Or who thinks they don't have any device at all that has any apps on it at all? They have everything totally blocked. Okay, good, so everyone's living in reality. Uh, who feels they have a firm grasp on the apps that their kids use or have access to, and he just has a really firm grasp on it. You think of a firm grasp, you kind of get, you got a firm grasp, you know everything. Okay, good, good. Well, hopefully I get to surprise you tonight. That's now my job, is to surprise you with something you don't know, something you've never seen before, uh, and, and hopefully we accomplish that. But the real hope is that I want our students to grow up to be exactly who they are made and meant to be. Now, I think God has a big voice in that of who they're made and meant to be, but he puts parents in their life to help shape them and make them the person. Regardless of your faith background, every faith background in the universe believes that parents have a very important role. And we as Christians, we think that role is not just kind of vague, it's actually very specific. So in the midst of a lot of uncertainty and a lot of uh, access to just so much that challenges who um, they are growing up to be, I think the best way for us is to know what they see and what they have access to. If we know, the more we know, the more we can help them, not shelter them. Now, I want to be really clear on that. My, the answer to this is not like, like elimination. Elimination is not the answer to me. So that's not, people take that position. It's not the position that I personally take. And there's going to be Q&A at the end, so you can feel free to ask me any question you want. But I take the position of, so I'm going to give, a, this is the foundation of the whole discussion. I take the position of, equipping them with healthy practices that they'll be able to use the rest of their life. Because this is what I believe, and this is the, the, I mean, I firmly believe this. Does anyone remember when they learned to swim? Anybody remember? Well, I remember when I learned to swim. My father, as he wasn't around my whole life, but the portion of my life he was around for, he was 
the worst. And I remember when he took me to learn to swim, it was literally, he put the floaty on me, and I'm like, I'm scared. And he just took me, and I don't know if anyone's parents or grandparents, they just threw you in, and that's the best way to learn, right? Throw you in, and then you hopefully, you know, you know, we work for the best. And we don't want him to drown, of course, but, you know, we want him to kind of figure it out. Now, here's the thing. We tend to do the exact same thing with technology. We don't give a lot of training. We don't give a, we just throw them in, and, and we expect them to kind of figure it out. I mean, you hear the pool analogy. I mean, you was like, you'd never do that. You'd never take your kid and just throw them in the water and hope they, you know, figure it out themselves. We do the same thing with technology every day. You know, the, what they have access to, what is in their hand, is different than any other time in human history. That's one of the things I love about the year that we live in, because we have access to everything. We have the Bible in every single language. We can serve. We can donate money to stuff from the, our fingertips. We can be connected with podcasts and lessons, and we're going to look at some of that. But we also have access to a whole lot of other stuff that maybe doesn't put the best interest of who our kids are the same way you put the best interest of who your kids are. So tonight is a night to learn about what they have, what is out there, things you might not know. Take notes. I'm going to go through these slides. I'm not going to spend a ton of time because I actually want to look at some apps tonight and how things work. So let me use a couple for examples. Anyone ever hear of the, the app Snapchat? Anyone know Snapchat? Do you guys know really how, anyone not, anyone vague on how that works? And they're like, I don't really know how that works. What's the deal with that? Uh, there's an app called Tinder we're going to look at. Um, we're going to look at Twitter quickly, Instagram quickly, because these are apps they use a lot. And we're going to look at an app called Yik Yak. So we're just going to look at a couple of them. And now here's the thing. There are numerous apps, and you're going to see it. I'm taking a cross-section of what I believe are the most popular apps based on, this is the best, based on what I see working with junior high students every single week. So because of that, these are the apps I selected. There's others that they're going to list off. There's some here. We're going to do Q&A at the end, and I'm going to stay on time because while your kids are up there worshiping, which is incredible, I'm so happy you guys came out for this. While they're up there worshiping, having a blast, we're going to learn, and then you'll be able to get them, and you know, I think they're all going to be there when we're done, and then you can take them home. Or if you just want to skate out of here early and just, you know, we'll figure it out later. It's fine with me. So let's just get right into it. So here we go. The very, you have all the slides in front of you. I want to take a look quickly at some of the current statistics. So I'm going to breeze through these. And you have your pens with you. You need a pen. They're over there. Some of the pens probably don't work because they're church pens. So if you need to get another one, don't worry about that. I'm not, my feelings won't get hurt. So I want to look at a couple of the current statistics. This is fresh off the press. Okay, This is as fresh as you get. Um, teens spend about four to five hours a day online. Now, when I say online, I'm talking anything that connects to the internet, Xbox, uh, the PS3, any video game systems, computer, family computer, iPad, iPhone, and this is anything that connects, that gets them outside of the world. So that's a big chunk of time. Now some of that studying, I get it, a lot of it's not. So there you go. 25% uh, have met up in person somebody they met online. 25%. We're talking about students here, okay? We're not talking about adults, okay? Now, if there's an adult statistic, I would actually fall into this statistic. Me and my wife actually met online. A lot of people don't know that. We met on an uh, eHarmony. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but it's actually true. And I'm telling you, I have the app on my phone, and I can't tell you how many church like staff meetings I got through because I was talking to this you know, really attractive lady who you know, now is like seven and a half months pregnant, still as attractive as ever, and we met on an app. But here's the thing. Students, they meet on apps all the time. We're going to look at some of those. And it's easier than you think to meet up with somebody, and they leverage the technology to, to help your kid lose and take advantage of them. And that's tough, but here's the truth. 
these young early adolescents, the ones who don't have it all figured out, who with the rosy colored glasses that thinks the world is beautiful, they are the number one targets because they have access to technology. Most fourth, fifth, third graders do not. Sixth, seventh, eighth grade is usually that first jump into the technology world, totally um, unaware of what's out there, but they see what people are using, so they get into it too, and they meet up online, 25% of them, very real statistic. Uh, 35 have hacked into a friend's social media account or email. Sometimes it's just to be funny. You probably see this as selfies, and you know they get a friend, and you know it's hacked, and the whole thing's kind of funny. Uh, that is the start of what other students do, and other people do. They try and kind of hijack someone's identity, which is actually a big deal. We're going to talk more about that, but that is a real thing that happens too. 30% of teens have cheated on a test using a mobile phone. I am one of those teens when I was a teen. 40% have accessed pornography online purposefully because no other time, once again, in human history, and I really want to wrap our brains around this, because I was talking to uh, my wife and just a couple of friends of ours, and we were talking about this uh, car accident that happened, you know, about like, you know, I guess it was like, you know, 15 years ago or something, and we were like, well, why didn't you call someone? And they're like, we didn't have cell phones then, like, and it's like, just think, 15 years ago, that I'm just turned 30, so it's half my age, and I remember when I got my first phone, it was, I was 14 years old, I had a job at Potler's, it was an ice cream place, I got a prepaid cell phone, and that was like my, it was the size of this coffee mug, and it was like huge, and that was my link to the outside world. 15 years ago, this stuff didn't exist. 10 years ago, this stuff did when did the iPhone come out? It was like 2007? I mean, this stuff like didn't exist before. It's a whole new world. Access is completely different, and it's in the palm of their hand. So, Here's some more. Uh, only 40% of kids have parental controls on their computer. Most people don't know how to put parental controls on. 75% admit to hiding their online behavior from parents, which is easier than you think. Uh, now, which one of these surprises you the most? Now, there's a lot more statistics, I'm sure, that can be shared. These are the ones that I cherry-picked because I think it paints, and I'm not trying to paint the darkest of all pictures, but I'm also trying to paint a realistic picture. You know, we sit here at church, and this is a beautiful thing, and our kids are up there worshiping, and this is great, but who goes to a public school, their kids are there in a public school, living life. You can raise your hand, it's totally fine. I went to a public school, I turned out just fine. Who goes to a private school, maybe MCS, great school MCS, you can raise your hand, that's great. And I am very good friends with Heather Harrison and we talk all the time and, and their students struggle with real stuff, regardless of where they live or where they go to school. So which one of these surprises you the most? I'm not gonna ask you, but just think about it. Because all of these play a cross section of where your kids are online, where they interact online, and what they have access to, and more importantly, where other people are trying to reach out to them. So, what do we have next here? Uh, four true principles of technology. Now, here's the thing. Uh, on the little paper there, there's a little uh, box. It was a second box, actually, and it says um, on that box, uh, text questions and it gives you a number. So throughout this thing, if you have some questions, I want you to feel free to text them in. This isn't a hard thing. And at the end, we're gonna get to it and we're gonna kinda look at some questions too. So I'm gonna keep breezing through this. Feel free to text questions, it's gonna be great. Uh, four principles of technology that, that I enjoy as being true. Technology was created, all right? We, it didn't create us, we created it. We have control over it. It does not have control over us, even though it seems like it does. It does not, it's not true. Technology is not inherently evil. I don't think uh, a lot of things are. I think we are able, especially with technology, to insert the evil into it, and 
Obviously, it's also willing, but it's not inherently evil. There's really great things um, that happen with technology. It has a lot of good uses. We get to see those uses lived out in the church all the time. We, junior high ministry has an app. You've probably heard about it. And we push it all the time and fill it with great content. So we leverage technology in a really healthy way. But it's not always like that. And here's the very last one. Uh, technology can be abused. Okay, it's very simple truths. It can be abused. Um, anyone can abuse it. If they, especially if they don't know what they're doing, they can abuse it or they can be the ones being abused, which is very sad, but it's also very true. Three typical responses to technology. So if you're thinking, man, you know, I, man, I just, I know how I usually react and usually situations like this, and this is kind of what it comes to. Uh, we either accept all technology, it's like, this is the world we live in, so we're just gonna live in it, and we're just gonna accept it, and it's gonna be whatever. Uh, we block all technology, so we say, man, I'm gonna just you know shelter and hold off, and it's over there, and we're living over here, and that's for other people, and just not for us, and that's the route that we go. And the third one is we develop healthy practices. Now, as much as you, don't, you may or may not wanna believe it, this is the truth. We're going to fall into one of these areas. Either we're going to be the ones that say, you know what, no, we're, we're not going to, or you know what, it's totally fine, technology's real, we're okay, or we got to figure out what the middle ground is. That's where I live. I live in the middle ground, that there are healthy ways to do technology, healthy ways to live in that middle space, and we just got to find what that looks like. And it looks different for everybody, but we got to find what that looks like. Now, we're going to talk about uh, social networking. Let me see here. I feel like this is skipping some of my awesome slides. I don't know why that is. Let's see here. Let's see. See, even with me, technology is like, oh, here we go. Is this working now? I don't know why it won't let me, uh, let me, let me do this. It's so weird. I'm happy you guys all know me. I'd feel like really embarrassed right now. Uh, let's see. Oh, here we go. Let's go with this one. Can you guys see that? We'll leave it like this. Uh, so global communications, family sharing, news, banking, shopping, um, paying for coffee, reading books. Uh, every, don't worry about this person. That's the, see, that's the perk of having things on your phone. Uh, all these things happen with uh, technology. That's great, right? Got the phone plugged in and it's whatever. Unknown number, hit decline, probably some parent. Um, which I'd never do that to you guys, of course. These are all the uses that we find for technology. It's, I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, we, we can do almost anything with our phone. We can take it anywhere. We can pay for stuff now. I mean, everything we need is at the palm of our hands. Now, we as adults, we, you know, usually have pretty good boundaries, hopefully, and some of us struggle, and I've struggled at points, so I get that. Students, though, they haven't built those boundaries yet. You know, the right from wrong and what's healthy and not healthy, they, they haven't built all that. So we've given them a tool with unlimited access to do almost anything, and they do just that, almost anything. So how do we continue to move forward with that when statistics, I mean, they're going up. I mean, more technology, more students being affected by it, more students interacting with it at a younger age or the bigger cross-section with more people they're able to interact with, people you probably don't know. So with everything going up, like how do we respond? What do we do? Let's see, I already touched this one. Four, two, I already did that one too. All right, here we go. Three typical um, responses, I've already done that one. See how this great. All right, social networking. So let's talk about social networking. Three rules to live by. These are the three rules to live by. Know the platform, follow your kid, and know their password. Now, you might think that this is like, well, how do you approach that subject? Well, any app that they have, you can find out about it. I mean, this is the easiest thing in the world. You just hop on Google and you search it and you can read all about what their apps are. And if you don't know what they're using, then when they abuse it, then, well, 
who do they come to? You know, when the moment takes place, and I see it with students all the time, the moment takes place where they've done something wrong and guilt has hit them. And they all have this moment of guilt. I get to see it at camp all the time. I get to see it in my own life group, my eighth grade boys. And when that moment happens, and I say, well, you gotta go talk to your parents about it. Well, they don't understand. Like, how do I explain it to them? And here's the thing. The more you know, the easier it's gonna make them to be able to talk to you. Because if you're speaking the same language, if you understand what is happening, what they're using and where they're spending their time, it's gonna make it easy for them to be able to share with you what's going on. Following your child, every parent should be able to follow their kid on what they're doing. If there's a reason, I've yet to be convinced on a good reason why a parent shouldn't. The kid's like, oh, you know, it'll clog up my feed or I need, you know, people to follow me and who are, you know, my friends and this whole, and they give excuses. And I've heard a lot of them from my students. There's no reason for you not to be following and seeing everything they post. Because here's the thing, other people are gonna see it. They're definitely gonna see it. And there's no, pro no reason you shouldn't be the one to see it. There's also no reason that you shouldn't have access to everything they have access to. I mean, you think about your house. I mean, who, like, you know, your, your parents, I mean, they're kids. Like, they're, they're essentially mooching off you until, like, whatever. I mean, every area of your house, I mean, there are areas of your house that, that are closed off to you as the parents. I mean, could they look at you and say, no, you can't go into this secret room? Like, you can go into any room. I mean, it's your house. I mean, this is your, and it's not because you don't want them to have freedom and have a level of privacy. It's because you care about the safety of your home. You need to know what is in your home and who has access to your home. I mean, you need, it's your space. So why do we give them places online where they can have just that? Total anonymity, total safety away from you as the parents, from anyone who's watching, who wants the best for them, not just is interacting with them in those areas, but wants the best for them. And that's you guys, the parents. So, it already shut off, see the cell phone thing. So you knowing, don't worry about knowing the password. So you knowing their password, uh, you knowing what, and being able to log in anytime to see what they're doing, and not only to see what they're doing, so this isn't about checking up on them, it's about to see who's interacting with them. And you're gonna get to see how people can interact with you, you don't even need to give them permission, they can just do it. So you're gonna get to see it in a second. But before I go any further, I wanna introduce my friend Asia. She is from an amazing organization, she's gonna tell you about it a few, you know, in a few quick minutes. I gave her 10 minutes to be able to share with you some of the learnings that she has from the organization she works with. You're gonna be leaving with a book from the organization she works with and I'm gonna let her talk all about it. So here's her mic and give my very good friend Asia a very big round of applause, here you go. That's fun, thanks y'all. Is this on, can y'all hear me? Okay, cool. Uh, technology at its finest. Um, okay, so yeah, like he said, I work for a ministry called Pure Hope, and we actually have a parenting associate who goes across the country talking to parents just like you guys, um, kind of about parenting the heart level and creating a tech strategy for their home. I am not a parent. I'm 25 years old, so the reason I go with him is because I am still fresh out of the house, and so I'm kind of playing that dual role of having recently been parented and sent out and um, now having eight nieces and nephews and seeing all my siblings kind of start and a 16-year-old sister at home, so I'm like right there in the middle. And two little nuggets that I always get to give when I um, go to events like this is one, girls struggle too, because a lot of times parents think, oh gosh, it's just my boys and all of these things, I need to watch out for those little hooligan boys. Girls struggle too. Another thing, I'm 25, I'm in that sweet spot, and I can tell you coming off of high school, coming off of college, I am so stinking thankful that my parents cared enough to check in on me 
and I promise you your kids will be telling you that as soon as they leave your house. Right now they're going to fight you, they're going to push against you. I just had an infant baby niece, and we swaddled her, you wrap her up all comfortable. A swaddle and a straitjacket are eerily similar, but one, one key difference is motive. You guys as parents, you are comforting and protecting your children when you put boundaries around them. They will think it is a straitjacket, but they will, they will leave your home, and I promise you one day they will say thank you. And I am now saying that to my mother and to my stepdad. So um, quick thing with my 10 minutes. We're talking a lot um, about protecting your kids tonight, which is awesome. Um, and something we talk about at Pure Hope is a threefold strategy of protect, model, equip. Obviously, you want to protect what you can. Um, and part of the knowing, knowing about these apps and knowing how they work, that's a huge component of that. Another big thing um, is modeling behavior for your kids when they're using these apps. And a lot of you guys are like, I have no interest in getting on Yik Yak to just to model it for my kids. That's fine. You don't have to get on Yik Yak or Snapchat or anything that you can't pronounce to model good behavior for your kids. What they will see you do is they will see you handle your email. They'll see how you communicate with your coworkers. They'll see how much time you're spending um, on those digital spaces. They'll see you with your head down thinking, okay, well, you know, dad's not paying attention. Let me go get my app out. They'll see the time that you invest in face-to-face -face communication. So um, be encouraged that you, you guys do get that opportunity to be models for your kids. Um, and then the third thing, and this is the bigger one I want to use my time for tonight, is equipping them. And that's something Justin already talked about. That's what we're here for is we want to equip the next generation to lead well and love well. Um, and actually, I cheated a little bit. I, I just thought of this as I was sitting down. I was looking up, I'm obsessed with etymology. I like knowing what words mean, the root of definition. So I was looking up the etymology of social and network. And the whole point is relationships. Social literally comes from some weird Latin word, but it essentially means friend, companion, living with others. Network is connecting with other people. The goal is relationship, and this is as old as time, just like technology. There's a verse I love in the Bible. A man named John is writing a letter to this church, and in 2 John 1.12, if you are a Christian you have, um, have the Bible, it says, I have much to write to you, but I do not wish to use paper and ink. Instead, I notice I'm reading this on technology. I think that's fun. Um, instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face-to-face -face so that our joy may be complete. Um, technology's always been around. 2,000 years ago, the technology was paper and ink or rock and chisel or whatever it was. Today, it's Yik Yak, Snapchat, AskFM, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of the above. But the goal is always face-to-face -face that that joy may be made complete, and so that's one way we can definitely be equipping this next generation is to think about their motives um, when they're online. Are they really using this as a way to connect, or are they using this as a way to tear down and helping them get empathetic and see that? And I've tried this trick on my sister, and it is gold, because that's actually how I got all of this information, is I just asked her. Never ask them about themselves, because rarely will they tell you but ask them what they're seeing in their friends, and they'll tell you everything. So I asked my sister, you know, what are you noticing? What are some of the gaps? What are some of the pitfalls? She's like, oh, my gosh, it's so annoying. When I go out to dinner, I, like, see everyone with their heads down on their phone. I'm like, really, everyone does that? She's like, all the time. <laughs> but I, I was able out of that to have a good conversation with her about why, that's, why is that wrong? Well, because then they're not talking. Oh, 
you know, you can have some of those good motive check conversations. So just be helping them check their motives, um, helping them deal with drama. <laughs> a lot of them, boys and girls, will take that online. And so hel helping them recognize that face-to-face -face is always going to be the best and teaching them what face-to-face um, connection and conversation when it comes to conflict looks like. And yes, you have to hold their hand and walk them through that because they're not going to learn it any other way. Um, and then the final thing is viewing the digital space as a mission field, um, using this as a way that they can use their gifts, their talents, their strengths to encourage people. I got a really nice text on the way in here from one of my friends just saying he was praying for me and he was encouraging me and my roommate that we were good hostesses because we had a party last week. And I was like, hey, that lit up my evening. And so be helping your kids recognize that they have that power and they have that influence over their friends. They can be those encouraging um, friends. So I think just helping them check their motives, helping them mend their relationships, and helping them be on mission with technology. You can do all of that by modeling it well yourself and by having those conversations consistently with them at the heart level. Um, I think my 10 minutes are up. So Justin's going to come back and talk to you guys more about the riveting and kind of scary, but totally doable world of apps. Absolutely awesome. Hey, Asia, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Asia, where, where are you from? Dallas. Dallas. We flew her all the way in from Dallas for that. Isn't that great? Ten minutes. That's how, that's how, junior high ministry, we're floating in the cash, so we're flying in people for ten minutes. You know we got, oh, we already, yeah, yeah that, that also. Um, so let's uh, breeze through this, and we're not going to go too fast. We're going to go fast enough, um, and I actually fixed it so, uh, so it all kind of shows up and, and whatnot. So there we go. So here are some of the most popular apps. You've probably seen these. These are like, this is like easy stuff. Uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We use all three of these at church. All three of these can be used in completely negative ways. All three of these can access pornography. All three of these can be used to bully other kids. All three of these can be used in the absolute wrong ways. All three of them can be used in awesome ways. Uh, a guy named John Acuff said that no one uses uh, Twitter the way evangelical Christians do, because we use it probably better than anyone. We use it to get the message out and connect people, and it's actually a really beautiful thing. But like everything, it can be used negatively. So I get some pushback sometimes from parents, like, you know, so why do you guys use what you use? And I, you know, these three specifically, and I explain exactly what I just, you know, what I just said a moment ago, that everything can be used negatively. We try and use it as positively as possible and create healthy practices and really good content out there, things that kids can visit and so on and so forth. Uh, so essentially, all three of these are used to share pictures and updates, videos. So each one of them you can share videos on. Each one of them you can share pictures. You can like people's stuff. You can leave comments. You can leave nothing can, is anonymous there. If you set up some, some fake profile, you know, some you know, alternate thing, which junior high, we have like, like six profiles. We have a parent one. We have one for life groups. We have one for every single campus. They have a church one. Every campus has one. So I mean, you can set a bunch of them up. So students can set them up. They can set up the ones you know about and the ones you don't know about. Uh, and the only way to know is by following their stuff and checking out and seeing what they're posting and seeing what their friends are posting, being engaged. Um, let's see. It's Instagram. Share pictures and video. So this one's called Vine. It essentially just takes little videos and puts them up there. They're looping videos. Some people make some pretty creative ones. Um, uh, it's easy to post. It's, it's easy to find uh, pornography on there. It's easy to find a whole lot of really great stuff. It's also really easy to find pretty bad stuff, 
Once again, it falls down to being engaged and seeing what they're seeing. If they're using it and you know they're using it, then being able to know and see and watch what they're looking at. Here are a couple, uh, couple ones. It's called Secret and Whisper. Now, essentially, these are built to be anonymous. Now, there's a set of apps that I'm going to talk about a couple of them that are built solely on anonymity, being able to post, share, interact with people without your identity being shown at all. Now, this is perfect for predators. They love this stuff because they can be whatever age your kid is, and they can like whatever stuff your kid likes. And they can use that and know the questions to ask. You know, are you alone? Where are you? Where are your parents right now? And they get to leverage all that for, well, really negative ways. Now, here's the thing about this as well. Uh, it's also something that's used in relationships. It's something that junior hires have used, like in this ministry have used to meet up with people because dating is cool in junior high and this makes it easy because you don't have to actually talk to anyone. The, you can be the, and this is labels that, we, that kids put on themselves and other kids put on them. Well, I'm the dorky kid or no one likes me. So, and you can be whoever you want to be online. And people know that and this leverages that. So these are two apps that, they're just, there's, I've yet to be convinced of a good reason why you should have the access of being anonymous. Uh, it's not healthy for the student, and it's not healthy for how they perceive relationships to be. You know, here are a couple other ones. Uh, one called Yik Yak, which we're going to look at. Um, Sober um, was made up in Vegas, and this is a really good one. Everything that you do, it cancels, it deletes it after 24 hours. So you can get on to this app, you can be whoever you want to be, you can say whatever you want to say, you can post whatever you want to post, and 24 hours later, it's gone. It's like it never happened. It, it, it takes who we're supposed to be as people, the identity that you're building into them as parents, and it gives them, instead of a lifelong journey that they're on, to be the people God made them to be and that you're raising them to be, it gives them a 24-hour window to be whoever they want to be, or their friends tell them to be, or they think they should be. Deletes everything of 24 hours, totally nuts. Uh, proof, uh, the Proof app allows users to make apps disappear on their phone with one touch. This is actually a pretty incredible app. Uh, you download the app, and then you can drag apps into that one. So say Snapchat is outlawed at your house, which it should be. Snapchat's the, probably the, one of the worst apps ever, and I'm going to back that up. So say you say Snapchat's not allowed at this house and you're not going to have it on any device, I'm going to look at your devices. But man, if you don't know what this app is, and they do because they're smart, they can get whatever app they want, they can hide it on there, and you'll never know about it. Because here's the thing, isn't this crazy? Because believe it or not, these people in the app store, they're actually not working for you, they're actually working against you. Like, they're not working for you in helping develop these great young men and women. They're not working alongside you to partner with you and what your values are, what you want for your kid. They're actually working against you to let everyone have access to whatever they want with no boundaries. And poof, creates that for students. For students that want to have that first taste of freedom, which I'm not against, I like freedom. I think healthy practices are the way to go. I like that first taste of freedom and a little bit of trust. I like those things poof, robs you of the chance to build trust with your kid because it tells them that they can be whoever they want and they got to hide it. And you start hiding in junior high, you'll hide for the rest of your life. Here is, uh, so online predators. Uh, online predators, the secret, uh, secrecy is their greatest weapon. Uh, and communication with parents is the greatest defense. Because, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, it hides it. It's there. 
because I, if I want to send, you know, photos, naughty photos with, you know, my other, you know, tween friend, and, you know, I'm leveraging him or her to whatever, and I don't want my parents to know about it, I put my app in poof, and it's like, it doesn't exist. It doesn't, on the, it doesn't exist, because you'll scroll through their phone and see all the apps, and you can't see it, but oh, it's there. And it's perfect for hiding stuff. That's the deal. Oh yeah, poof, the little icon, it looks just like the one on your little paper. And you can look for that, and because and here's the thing, and I'm going to ruin it for some of you guys, because, and this is what's so tough, and I, I, it breaks my heart, um, but it's also 100% true. The, the purpose of that app, specifically, it, it's not for any other purpose but to hide something. So if it's there, it's not there by accident, it's not there, because that's, that's not a commonly known app. It's not like this, it's not the Instagram of America. It's an app for a purpose to hide. So if it's there, it's not just a, well, we're going to discipline, and what's the, it's a conversation of, of why things are being hidden. And that's sometimes more difficult and painful than just the punishment of breaking the rules. They have access to anything. They chose that. What's the reason they chose that? And that's the conversation. I mean, that's why God gave kids' parents and, you know, churches' pastors and us the Bible is to follow this system, and the system is you guys. So we'll keep going. Um, secrecy is a predator's greatest weapon. Apps that are anonymous leverage that. Um, and communication, the more you communicate, the more you know, that's the greatest weapon you're ever going to have. Because the more you're able to ask, the more you're able to have that transparent conversation, because they're going to mess up and they're going to make mistakes. If they're able to come to you with those mistakes, it changes everything. Uh, Cyberbullying is a big one. I see cyberbullying all the time. I probably get more calls from MCS about this than anything. Uh, like I said, me and Heather are really good friends, so I see behind the curtain of a lot of the shenanigans. Ask FM, I guarantee 90% of the students in this room have it. It is an anonymous posting app, so you can log on to this app and you can leave feedback for a person and you can ask anonymous questions. So let's take Kurt, for instance. I always like using Kurt when he's in the room, and this is the reason why. Uh, a lot of you guys probably have heard Kenton talk at some point about uh, his, I think he has like the six, right? The, the group of six that he meets with. Anyone ever hear Kenton talk about that? All right, good. So Kenton is, you know, has a group of six he meets with, and he believes in mentorship. Well, I believe in mentorship. I have a group of eighth grade boys. A lot of the boys, their parents are sitting in this room. I also believe in mentorship, and I meet with Kurt once a week. He's a life stage or two or, or three or four uh, further than me, and we get to spend time every Wednesday and just talk about life and ministry. and coffee. So, I use it. so I'm using it as an example because I have a deep relationship with Kurt. So let's say, Kurt, let's say I just thought your glasses made you look old, older than regular, older than they should be, like really old. And I wanted you to know how old it made you look. No, don't try and hide it. Everyone knows. So I hop on Ask FM and I find your profile and I anonymously post, Kurt, why do you look so old all the time? And you read that. And then the next one comes through. Why, why do you think you're young? Why, why do you look, why do you dress the way you do? Why, why, would, you, why would you come to school looking like that? I, I can't believe you thought that you could sit at that table. Now, keep on. This is all anonymous, but it gives people the chance to target you specifically with anonymous stuff. And here's the thing, and it hurts. It's really, and they push it off like, oh, we're just leaving questions and it's fun. That's what, you'll, that's what your kid will say. And, and here's the thing, as true as they may believe that to be, it opens them up to a world of hurt. And it tempts them. I mean, this is the biggest temptation in the world. Imagine the kid that crosses you the wrong way and you might be the greatest, you could be on student leadership, you could be in my life group, it doesn't matter, and they cross you the wrong way, and the temptation to take a stab, a knock at them, anonymously, is right there. Now, that's not who we are. That's not who you want your kids to be, pot, taking pot shots anonymously. 
This leverages that, and it makes it easy to do, and it makes bullying this thing that's so painful that kids end their life over sometimes, that they, I mean, and this is serious, this isn't like joke around stuff. I mean, in this community of Irvine, that has happened. So that's as real as it gets. And that might be emotional and painful, and I, and it is, I, I was there at one of, one of the gatherings for a student that felt they had no other options because other students led them to feel they had no other options. This is as real as it gets, and it's at the fingertips of every single student. Um, completely anonymous, or I talked about that. All right, let's talk about sexting real quick, okay? Okay? We're all adults here, except for that kid, which he'll be fine. <laughs> so here's the deal. I was a boy growing up, okay? I was a boy growing up, and as I was growing up, me and my mom, we didn't talk about sex that much. Like I said, my dad wasn't around. So when it came for those sex conversations, very awkward, very uncomfortable. We didn't really start talking about it until I was like 13, 14, and by then I, I, I knew a whole lot more than she thought I did. You know, I remember when uh, I saw uh, my first naked picture of a lady, all right, eight years old, okay, it's real stuff. Uh, I remember the first time I realized that my charm could get me further than, you know, being a jerk, and I remember the first time I realized girls without fathers were easy targets. I remember that. I remember the day I realized that and learned that. Now, here's the thing. These apps make it easy for them to be targeted. It makes it easy for them to interact feeling like there's no repercussions. It makes it easy for them to interact feeling like everyone else is doing it. It's easy to take fun and pictures and engagement to in a very dark, very wrong place very quickly. Now, I'm gonna show you some of these and the Kick app kind of goes right along that line of, of anonymous and posts and feedback and texting and sexting, which we're not talking about pictures yet. We're gonna get to pictures. We're talking about texting, you know, uh, graphic uh, language of interactions that they wish they were having if they were there. That's, what's, that's sexting in the Kick world. And we're gonna talk about Insta uh, Snapchat because here's the thing. And back in October 2014, and the whole idea of Snapchat is this, and I guarantee you, your kids, some of them have it on their phones. I, I always speak against this app. This is why. Back in 2014, the whole premise of Snapchat is you take a picture and you post it and you view it and then it's gone forever. That was the whole idea. The truth actually is that these pictures get saved on these big hard drives. No one knew about this top secret stuff until it eventually came out. And when it came out, it came out in the form of 10,000 images, mostly 13 to 17 year olds, uh, over 1,000 videos post, uh, let's see, posted and reposted to 10 sites in less than 20 hours. I think I'm missing, 10 is a really low number. I think I'm missing like 100 or 1,000 in there. But it, it was a huge number. It wasn't just 10. And it was reposted to sites all over the world of these moments that students thought, or people thought, and adults thought, were gone forever. I mean, if you thought, and we're all adults, I'm not going to ask anyone to raise their hand, but I talk about this all the time with my staff. If you knew that you were never going to get caught, like, would you do it? Like, regardless of what that thing is, it could be good or it could be bad, but if you knew you were never gonna get caught, would you do it? Well, Snapchat gave us the opportunity to test that out, of what people would do if they felt they would never get caught doing what they were doing. Now, things got posted, and it was a big blow up, and it was a huge deal, and when it all kinda uh, unfolded, uh, they saw that things weren't as secret as they thought they were. So a lot of these apps, the, these hookup apps that they use, they're not as anonymous or as secret as they thought they were. Uh, 
apps like Tinder, Blend, I'm going to explain some of these, uh, Grinder. That's, that's a crazy one, uh, Scout, that's another crazy one, Fave Talk, that one's insane, um, Down and Pure. Now, m every single one of those is a type of dating app that allows you to be matched anonymously with someone and check out their stuff and if you want to meet up it makes it really easy to do and it's all through the app it's actually you don't talk to them on the phone you don't email them you do, it's all done right through this and it's instantaneous now here are the lessons for you these are perfect lessons lesson one instantaneous apps like this teach students especially boys that relationships can come and go like that that a girl they like is a click away and rejection regardless of the heart is as quick as a swipe. Teaching young boys that is a very, very poor, very poor idea. Take my word for it. It teaches another thing too. It teaches girls that their value in this world is if they're clicked on or not. You know, when I was in high school, they had this uh, website called hotornot.com. Anyone remember how? It's still around, I think. But it was a big deal. It was a huge deal when I was in high school because you'd post your picture and then people would rate you and you'd see what your rating was. At one point, I was an 8.8. That's a really, that's a pretty high score, believe it or not, out of 10, all right? <laughs> high school, I had a big head of hair. I looked really, really good in high school. But sometimes they would, you know, post pictures of, you know, other people. And, you know, they would, you know, all these kids would get on there and they'd rank it really low and then they'd send it around and print it off and be like, look at how ugly. And they would do it to, to bully and, and ostracize these kids. Well, the same thing happens on these apps, that it actually doesn't even need to be your kid on there. I mean, this stuff's so accessible, this is easy to do. I mean, all you need is a picture and, and an email address and your kid can be put up there and they do it and I've seen, I talked to a student two weeks ago and they did it to a friend of theirs thinking it was a big joke and it wasn't a big joke until the police called because the police called this is a real story. The police called because one of the people they were swiping with was a sex offender that lived in the area. So the police called because they can track email addresses. It's the easiest thing in the world. And he had to answer this. And the parent called me because I'm the accessible youth pastor. And we all got to sit down together and talk about why it is not okay to put your friends on dating apps because it's not okay. But see, students don't see that boundary the way that we do. I'm going to show it to you in a second. And it's going to, if you've ever seen, anyone never seen any of these apps before, like in action? Oh man, it's gonna blow your mind. I cannot wait for to. Blo oh, th this is what this is what's so good. See, the thing about uh, the sex offender registry is it, it gives access to everything. We have a leader who works with the FBI, uh, and he is pretty open with. I mean, you, if you're registered as a sex offender, I mean, your life's like at any time, and you you're walking down the street, and your parole whatever wants to grab you, for, and it's. I mean, your life is open. So they grabbed the phone and they grabbed his phone and looked at the apps that he shouldn't have had on his phone and the interactions he's having with these anonymous people. Turns out, you know, it was very easy to track these people. And they did, and they searched through his email address and they found out that, man, this email address was registered to a kid in a junior high school. This is weird, we should look, and the police did. And it all got traced back, because technology and footprints are everywhere. And we sat down and had a conversation with it, which he was not equipped for or ready for and it was really, really hard to talk about it, but this is the world that's in front of our kids. So, let's keep going. Uh, the footprint, this is a really good one, um, because uh, when I applied here at Mariners, they looked at all my social media stuff, no shock. Uh, they found really, really good stuff, of course, and when your kids apply to high schools, uh, they'll look at their social media stuff. Heather Harrison no looks at kids' social media stuff. Colleges, employers will look at kids' social media. Now, here's the thing. Kids do not see this. Like, they don't perceive the long-term effects of it. You know, once something's online, it's online forever. A lot of people don't know that. Like, once it's there, even if you delete it, 
It's there. Now, how is it there? I'm not a tech master, but this is what I know. If someone wanted to find it, they could because the code is out there and it's just living and it's there. Students don't see the footprints that they leave. They don't see the pictures they post and how it'll reflect on them. They don't see the comments that they leave and how it'll reflect on them, the things they like and interact with. They don't see that. Now, it's up to us to help them see that. Otherwise, they won't. And here's the thing, because we're about to get into like, the coolest part of the night. Uh, on your table are uh, contract packets. Now, here's the thing. You guys are going to leave here, and your question is going to be, even if you don't, you, you'll ask some questions. But one of your big questions is going to be, well, how do I even approach this subject? Like, because I'm a junior high pastor, so maybe you have a high schooler, and so they're just like, you know, what do I do? I have a high school. Like, this is like, we've never had boundaries, and now I'm hearing all this stuff, and it's blowing my mind, so how do you interact with that? Or I have a junior higher now. How do you start something just out of thin air? Like, how do I walk out of this room and say, hey, there's new practices in the house for how we do technology? Or how do you start with a kid who's like, you know, small, and, you know, you want to get something going from the very beginning? This contract pack, for me, is very, very useful. Uh, it's been the resource of the week on our parent emails. If you don't get the parent email, you should. It's amazing. And the contract pack was a resource, and I printed a bunch of them out because I wanted you guys to have them. These are perfect conversation starters. It draws great boundaries. It gives clear agreement, and it puts you just as much on the line as it puts them. It gives an openness. It gives an authenticity in back-and-forth communication, and, and it keeps things out in the open, and it gives them opportunities to earn trust. Now, if you have no opportunities to earn trust, then you'll probably never earn trust. And if we don't have a clear way of earning that trust, then we're going to kind of just hope for the best. This gives us an actual plan. It's very easy. You read through it together. You both sign it. You agree to it. There's an openness, and you violate it. We take some steps and make some new decisions. Anywhere in life, you can take this, and here's the best part. Because you're the parent, you can start whatever you want, whenever you want. You don't need permission to start. You don't need them to give you the okay. You're the parent, you, and it sounds kind of bullish, but here's the thing. They don't know what's best for them. They think what's best for them is the stuff I'm about to show you. They think that stuff's awesome, for good or for bad. So they don't have the same uh, boundaries or brain that we do as adults to make good decisions. They need parents to step in. The Bible says we need parents to step in. So I've read a lot of really good parenting books lately. Uh, I haven't read a single book better than the Bible. Now, I'm not saying that because I'm a pastor. I'm saying it because I really believe that it's true. Before any psychology book was written, and my wife's a psychologist, she's a genius. Before any book was written, we had a mandate to lead our families well. Now, there's intricacies in that that I'm not going to claim to be an expert in because I'm not. I'm having my first kid, and, like, and I'm pretty freaked out. But here's the thing. I hopefully and hopefully I stick to this, never want to put them in an opportunity where they have to learn things the hardest of ways. Not the hard way. People got to learn things the hard way. The hardest of ways. Wound them in a way that may last for their entire lives. And during this time where the cement of who they are is still wet, the things that go in will stick there like nothing else ever will in the rest of their lives. These years are that important. This is a good conversation starter, but why don't we take a look at some apps, and then uh, you can keep texting questions in, because I like answering questions, and I'll keep my answers short. So here is, you know, kind of a basic deal. So these are some of my apps here. Ooh, look, there's a junior high app there. Look at that. That's exciting. You can listen to my podcast, okay? But we're going to focus on social media apps. So 
Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to jump right in with what I think is the, the, just the worst app, and then we'll kind of backtrack from there. Now, keep in mind, I took a cross-section, so a lot of these are pretty similar. So I grabbed this one called Down and Tinder, and now here's the thing. I set up a profile for this, okay, uh, because I actually had to log in to show you how it works. I was joking with uh, Shannon Shenuda about it. So here's essentially how it works. I've logged in, so this is uh, my home uh, this is the home screen. These are messages. No one sent me any messages yet, which is kind of a bummer. I think I'm pretty good. it's a good profile picture. It's the one we covered in GAC. And these, this is if I have any secret admirers. Uh, and you, know, you can send secret admirer notes to your friends. Um, the message comes from them, and the identity is kept secret. Isn't that such a benefit? You can interact with people you know, online who are claiming to be whatever gender, whatever age, and you can do it totally anonymously. How beautiful is that, right? It's, it's, it's frightening. And this is exactly how it works because these are the lessons that the, we think we should teach our kids. Here's Melissa. She's from Lake Forest, which is actually pretty close to here. It's actually pretty down the road. Now, I got to do this right because, so, okay, if I am down to, ooh, if I'm down to get down, I just swipe it down, okay? So if I'm down to get down and I want her to message me, I just swipe it down and, and it's a done deal. Very, very simple stuff. It, down, oh, th this is really, really, down <laughs> to get down means, who, who has an idea of what it means? Does anyone have a suggestion? Anyone has any idea? Yeah, it means that I want to meet up with her to have sex. That's what it means. How crazy is that, right? That, that's what I've just, and she's put herself out there saying, that's what I want, and I've just told her that I'm down for that too, because I think that one picture of her, which, I think that's enough, okay? So, there's more. No, 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 no. This, it, when you swipe it up, because this is how easy it is, when you swipe it up, it, it just says you, you want a date. This girl lives in Costa Mesa. I mean, you, you, so I want to start messaging her. It's really easy to do, right? I mean, this is a swipe. This is what we've made relationships. All right, and this is, and then if I don't want her, if I just want to reject her, I just swipe right past her. Yeah, Tina, I don't like horses. I'll swipe right past her. <laughs> 24, Maria Valley, no, I don't, I don't want her. See, because that's what we make relationships. That's what this app m makes it that easy. Because you can make a split second, and it's all visual, and it's all based on what you see, and there's no relation, there's no knowledge, there's no anything. It's just, it's that immediate. Denise is pretty cute, and she lives in Irvine. Oh, go ahead. Let's see. Oh, that's why, this is how we know. Because uh, this registers, this is so beautiful, this registers through your Facebook page. That's how you get on the app. So if you have a Facebook page and you want to kind of keep it secret and you can, could you use your Facebook login to log into these apps? So believe it or not, I logged in with the Mariners Junior High one because in no way in, like, in any world I live in will I ever log in with my own personal one. And, you know, Junior High Ministry is always down to get down. So that's a <laughs> So that girl, maybe she'll you know, come to church sometime. Uh, so this young lady who lives in Irvine, uh, she's friends with someone that we're friends with on Facebook because that's the Mariners Junior High account. So somebody who follows on our Mariners Junior High account has a friend in common with this girl who lives in Irvine in the area right around us who believes that this is the way to go to put herself out there to find relationships. Now here's the thing. There's no age to this. There's no age to this. There's no background check to it. There's no uh, follow-up with it. There's no uh, checking and making sure that you really are who you say you are. It's 
uh, a boy or a girl setting up a profile on Facebook, picking any photo they want, and logging on and seeing how it goes. That's how easy these apps make it. And this was an app called Down. So let's take um, another one. Oh, they, uh, let's see, uh, I don't really know how that part works. So let's talk about Tinder real quick. Because this, this is a really good, this one I actually had to use my own personal, uh, my own personal one for. Um, I don't know why, probably because it was obvious that, uh, that Marriage Junior High is not a real person, it's a place. Uh, so this is essentially how it works, it's pretty much the exact same way. Um, but this one is, is awesome, because it's actually built by area. So if you don't want to have to worry about someone who lives too far away, I mean, you want to you know, maybe meet up with someone, you could ride your bike to see them. This is all built on the GPS. So here's the thing. I'm gonna, we, all you do is exit, because once again, that's how easy uh, it makes relationships. You know, nope, and so if, if this is all based on the geographics here. So if we see any volunteers here, we know they're not gonna be volunteers anymore, because they're not allowed to be on this app. So this girl has tattoos, I mean, and that's how easy it is. Now, if I was to click the heart, it just connects the two of us. It's that simple. So there's no age limit, uh, and there's no age minimum. This is all connected through Facebook. So it's, Facebook you know, has this thing where they kind of check, you, know, you put in a date of birth, and so it gives you the, the assumption that this is like all like on the up and up. Like anyone who has a Facebook has that age. Okay, th that's easy. I could make a Facebook page right now in front of you that would make me a 49-year-old like Mexican guy who lives in the Himalayas. It's the easiest thing in the world to just create something online. That creation gives you access to everything without boundaries, without anyone checking in on you. It's there and you roll through it that quickly. So this was an app called Tinder. The other dating apps that I listed on there are all the exact same way. Some of them are more on the anonymous end. It's all built on anonymity. These ones are built on pictures, and it's meant to click through that fast. Go ahead. They could really be on that app. Absolutely not. No, no, you can't link these apps to your Facebook because people will find out about it. See, that's what, that's the gift that these apps, oh yeah, absolutely, you gotta keep these things separate. You can't let your Facebook friends know that you're on Tinder. Like that's like kinda, you know, that's, especially if your parents are on Facebook. This gives you the ability to interact in a space. Facebook gives you the, the door in. It also gives you the padlock once you're in so that no one else has to know what you're doing in other apps and other areas. So you might think, Man, I have really good boundaries for my kids. They're, they're allowed this, and they're allowed this, and they're allowed this, and I'm friends with them on all of them, and I see everything. Well, that little key that we've given them, and I believe in trust. So once again, I believe in healthy practices. I believe in openness. I believe in following your kids. I believe in having passwords. I believe that they're, unless they bought their phone, their phone's not theirs, their phone is yours, and you're kind enough to let them borrow it. And you can take it at any time to see what they're doing. Not because you don't trust them, because you love them and because you want to give them the opportunities to prove their trust. And you don't want to be too late to the party if something's going sideways. Now, they can have the Facebook, the Twitter profile, which seems very nonchalant. I mean, we have, we have Facebook here at church. We have Facebook person, a page. We have the whole thing. But it is the gateway to everything else that can be a whole separate entity. Now, keep in mind, because there's this beautiful app called Poof, any of these things they want, they can hide. Now, don't be freaked out thinking that this is what your kids are doing. Not every kid is doing this, but this is what is out there. And, and it's better be prepared with what is out there than be, you know, oh, okay, everything's fine. Everything's not fine. Go ahead. So you should know, though, that just because your kid's on Facebook, they're not on Tinder. Yeah, yeah. So you can load that up, and then it's like Pinterest. Mm -hmm. I'm on Pinterest through Facebook. Just because it's easier than me 
Yeah. Absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah. Not every kid that has Facebook is on any of these other things. Facebook gives them the key to all these other things because they don't have their independent profiles. Yeah, it's a password key. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but poof sounds like a fun game. I mean, unless you know what it is. I mean, you, I mean, how many of your kids have more than like five apps on, your, on their phone? How many, how many of your kids have five apps different than any of the apps you have who have t 50 games that you're just like, that doesn't make, you're cutting through that. And these little icons that give you no information. Go ahead. Yeah, so if you're sharing an iCloud account, you'll see the apps that they're downloading. Me and my wife share an iCloud account. Now here's the thing, if your kid downloads a lot of stuff and it's just rolling through, listen, I'm for checking every individual one, but you know, things come up and we're running out of time and blah, 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 so we don't check every individual one. And I'm not saying we do it because we don't trust them, but this stuff is out there. And it's easy to find, and because your code may be very different than their friend's code at school, their friend has it, and because their parents, they're kind of whatever, they're given a lot of freedom. They see it, and they're like, I want that too, and they engage in it, and it slips past you. And, and that's why always being on top of it and checking and having conversations, having open, is the way to go. All right, uh, let me roll through this second to last one, and then we're gonna do questions. I've seen some already texting in. Um, so let's talk about Yik Yak real quick. This is a really important one. Now, keep in mind, there's going to be some swear words on here, okay? So I want everyone to embrace themselves and freak out, okay? So Yik Yak is a, an app developed by some college kids. Uh, it's an app based on your location. So this is, I, I think, it, I, I don't know what the radius is. I think it's like a, like a couple miles, like 20 miles. And you can post anonymously uh, on here, and it, there's no repercussions. Now, no, here's the thing. You might think, well, how, how bad is that? Because you know, no one sees it, and you know, no one else. Well, this is what it was based off. It actually started because college students at their school wanted to be able to interact socially without seeing like a bunch of other stuff. They kind of want it condensed. So now at a school, like you can do this. So for instance, say we all had Yik Yak, and say everyone in the room was like, "Gosh, this is boring as could be. This guy's talking, and his tattoos, and blah blah blah, and he's bald." And all of you are on Yik Yak, just slamming me. Okay, slamming me. And we got on here, and I'm looking at my feed because I have Yik Yak 2, and I see all these anonymous posts about, you know, really negative things. Now, there's not a lot of negative stuff here um, right now, but if we were all on here posting at the exact same time, which, this is so crazy, at a school here in Irvine, a bunch of kids have Yik Yak, okay? So they have Yik Yak, and there was a kid that they just really didn't like. His name was Jeffrey. And they decided that they were going to give Jeffrey a really hard time and they were going to organize it. So they all got on at the exact same time and started blasting Jeffrey. And so when Jeffrey logged on to his Yik Yak, because one of his friends were like, hey, check out Yik Yak. I just posted something funny. Knowing that he was going to see all the really negative, hurtful, hateful things said about him, uh, he went home pretty upset that day. And I got to talk to him later. And it was a terrible conversation because he now feels 
Not only does everyone at his school think those things about him, because it's all anonymous, he doesn't know who the people are at his school who think those things about him. So he thinks everyone thinks those things about him. This gives people the ability to stream any content they want, share any opinion they want, uh, to share it without repercussions, to just put it out there, and that's the deal. That's how Yik Yak works, and it's based on GPS. So if we were all have it here at the church, people out there couldn't see it. So this is another reason it's really good. Uh, who lives more than five miles away from their kid's school? Go ahead, raise your hand. All right, cool, cool. So maybe they want to interact at school, but they want mom and dad to see it. They want to be able to share whatever, and it gives them the freedom to do that. Yik Yak is based on location. It also gives people the chance to meet up. So if they're, because they know they're in the same location within five to 10 miles away, if they want to meet up, it also gives them a really good avenue to do that. And I've seen it used like that before. Yik Yak, anonymous, anonymous is never good when we're talking about online. And here is Snapchat. Now here's the thing. I set up a profile and I asked a, a friend of mine who uh, has it, uh, and I, I don't think sh you know they should. Uh, she is uh, one of my very close friends, and I asked them if they would just send me some stuff so I could kind of demonstrate how it works. So here's an example. I click on it, and it shows me a picture. This is actually a video of their classroom, and it plays. You can see the countdown there, counting down, and it's happening, and then it's gone forever. Now here's the thing about that. That gone forever thing, we know that's not a real thing because it actually sticks around. And I know how students use it because I see students using it all the time. Like, oh, I'm sending something funny, but I, you know, I, I, we just want it to show up for a little bit. And that's how they use it. It's, it's momentary. It's just a quick snap. They can set the amount of time, and they send it off, and, it, and it's there. Now, they think it's funny, and there's funny pictures and funny jokes. Kids use it in junior high all the time. One time I was in junior high, and I was just about to go to the stage and teach, and I was kind of in the back quietly looking at my notes, and this boy was sitting on his phone. He wasn't worshiping, which I have no idea why. He was the best worship band ever. And he is texting on his phone, and he's opening up Snapchat. And on this phone of his, because he thought no one was looking, and I'm very quiet, as big as I am, I'm a very quiet guy, I'm peering over his shoulder, this picture of this young girl, no pants on, thong, and he's looking, and he's at church, and he's just looking at it for eight seconds. I grabbed the phone from him. Picture was gone. Now, me and his mom had a conversation, and his mom was wise enough to know that, you know, that everything I was saying was the truth. He was like, oh, I don't know what he's talking about. She knew what I was talking about. And that's the reality of the temptation that Snapchat gives us. It gives us a gateway to what feels like anonymity. It gives us the gateway to feel of, we can share, and it's for a time, and then we'll never see it again, and there's no responsibility to that. That's what Snapchat gives us screenshot. There's also another app that just came out that allows people to actually save the photos. So it's actually a brand new app called Snap Save that's designed uh, to allow people to actually save the photos. Uh, if they don't want to screenshot, screenshot it is pretty easy, obviously, uh, to be able to keep the photos and they can keep the photos and they can keep the videos and they can enjoy and see this stuff forever. Now, just like all these other apps, you can use your Facebook profile to sign up for it. Um, you don't have to have any of this unique information. It's easy to hide, and it doesn't. And it really, I mean, it really looks so cute. I, I think that's why a lot of people get away with it. I mean, it's. Uh, and I'm not kidding when I say it. I mean, it, it's a little white ghost. I mean, how bad is a little white ghost, right? Think of the people that designed an app with the purposes and capabilities like this. Who, who thought, man, yeah, a little white ghost, that's totally like that numbs it down, and kids and parents don't. It's not suspicious and. But that's what it's used for. That's what students have access to. Every student that has it, and listen, I believe that every kid 
is a beautiful snowflake angel like you do, okay? I, they're all super duper, okay? I can't get enough of them. Love them to death. Here's the thing. Sometimes they make mistakes. And I would hate to see a mistake that can last forever. Because once a picture is out there, I mean, it's out there. I mean, once it's out there, it's out there. And I talk to kids all the time that, like, this is part of their story. And it's a thing that it's easy to defend to you as parents. Like, oh, no, we're just sharing fun, you know, pictures with my friends, and it's all part of the group. The truth of it is, it gives them access to something where there's no boundaries, there's no control, and there's the assemblance of total anonymity. Well, not total anonymity, because they know this word, but the, uh, the secrecy of it being deleted afterwards where there's no repercussions. That is the world of that. There, it, the app serves no purpose other than to send photos and videos that can be deleted. There's no purpose to it other than that. It doesn't give you inspirational quotes. It doesn't give you funny videos that you can laugh. It doesn't give you, you know, access to trailers of movies that are coming out. It doesn't, its sole purpose is to send photos to people that can be viewed for a certain amount of time and then deleted. Now, if anyone can convince me of the purpose that serves for young adolescent students who are still figuring out themselves and their sexuality and the temptation that goes with the hormone cycle that is about to hit them if it hasn't hit them already, help me buy into this type of tool being in their hands. And I'm, I, I'm serious, I will sit with you for hours if you can try. But I've yet to be convinced. And, I, and I've talked to students who've tried, obviously, they've tried. And, and it's hard because it puts me in, in, a, in a difficult tension. And we're gonna get to questions in a second. So if you still have questions, you can send them in. They're all going right to my email and, and I'll disconnect it and I'll be able to read it. And I absolutely guarantee you, I have none of your phone numbers memorized. I don't even have my, own my wife's phone number memorized. So hopefully I don't lose my phone tonight. I won't be able to get home. Uh, I've uh, yet to be convinced of the purpose of putting it out there uh, and giving them access to something that can be so misused and abused. Um, I, I've had discussions with students. They've really tried to sell me on it. Um, it just, it, it hasn't yet to work because it serves no other purpose than the pictures in the video and with a short amount of time and the feeling of secrecy. It serves no, and the tension is this. I see a student that has it, okay? And I say, well, you know, because I, I, it could not be more unwise. Youth pastors all know how unwise it is. And we all talk, we talk about it all the time. But it's hard to go against parents who say it's okay. And it, typically, most parents who, who, who see it and get it, most parents who hear what I just said, most parents aren't gonna be like, yeah, that sounds awesome. I totally wanna give my kid that, you know? 13, they've, yeah, that sounds great. No, very few parents, if any, would say that. Now maybe there's few in the room and I don't wanna offend you or feel like I'm attacking you because I'm not. But here's the thing, I've seen it abused every time. I've never once seen it used in a fruitful, healthy, God-honoring, the kind of kid you're trying to raise kind of way. I personally haven't. If you have, killer, and I'm not gonna go against you. Because the tension for me as a youth pastor is, my job is to honor you as parents and to partner with you, to reinforce you as the head of your family, and more importantly, and if you've been around for a while, you've heard me say, enforce you as the spiritual hero of your home. Now here's the thing. If I say on one hand that parents are the spiritual heroes of their home, and on the other hand I'm saying, your parents are wrong, Snapchat is terrible, they don't know what they're talking about, they're just old, 
that's not honoring you or respecting you or empowering you. So it puts me in a weird place where we have to do a night like this to where I'm able to communicate this is what you may not be seeing in hopes that it makes some kind of an impact. Because I can't sit with students and say, your parents just don't know. You gotta try. It just doesn't work like that. So here's the thing. I care about your kids enough to be very honest with this. And I'm gonna look at some questions. We're gonna do it. And if you have more, you can send them in. And we're gonna roll through. And we have 15 minutes left. That's more than enough time to get to a bunch of questions. So this is gonna be awesome. I'm gonna read right through them. They're all my email. This is, and that number, just so you know, is not my real cell phone number. It's my Google phone number, and it's, like, and it's a number I never use except for nights like this. So if you ever use it trying to get a hold of me, it's never going to work. Um, would you recommend that you don't allow your child to use an app that is anonymous or an app that only shows something for a minute like Snapchat? Okay, so th that question must have been the first one. Uh, here's the thing. I have never been convinced of a reason a minor or a young adult, and we're talking about you know, kids, I've never been convinced of a reason why a kid should have a free pass to being anonymous or sharing things for this amount of time in the same world that adults who may not have the same best interests that you are able to play in that same world. I've never been convinced on that level playing field for something that is toxic as an anonymous world where there are, where there feels to be no repercussions, and they may be on the receiving end of something very messed up. Uh, I don't believe that that is a world to be in, not because I just think it's bad, that's not what, because developmentally, they're just not there to be able to discern. They're not there to make wise choices. They're not there, you know, thinking it's fun and, and the temptation of taking a shot at somebody. They're not there able to discern that what they say will have not just it's not just online. It's not just a, a nameless person on the other side of a screen. They don't see the relationship, the impact that's being made on the person that is reading and experience. And if your kid's been bullied and like cyber bullied through social media or websites or computers or whatever, then you know what it's like because you've had conversations with them. Putting them in a place where they're able to interact in that world, I've yet to be convinced of a reason why it's a good idea because they're just not there mentally to be able to handle it. And in this time that we're trying to build and develop the people they're going to be, do you want the side of anonymous, no reper perceived, no repercussions, um, perceived, put it out there and it'll be deleted, so don't worry about it? Do we want that to be one of the ingredients that shapes the people they're going to be at one of the youngest stages of, and most impressionable stages of their life? Those are the reasons that I, how I feel the way I feel based on what I see and how I see it done um, in students every single day. So that's my answer to that one. Let's see here. I'll try to make these quicker, but I really enjoy this. Uh, let's see, can you, um, ooh, this one I sent to. All right, can you explain um, what Pure Hope addresses in their handbook? Um, their point about staying up to date, protecting, but also helping to address how we lead our kids as to the reasons why they want to protect themselves, their eyes, their identity, their heart. You want to speak to that? Okay, sounds good. It'll make it a lot easier on me. Which, they, the books are in the back, yeah. and everyone's going to be able to walk away with one, so there you go. That would be my answer. I'm going to just put time while Kenny Rogers off the back. I turned that off. I should have turned it on. It was already on. I don't know what I'm doing. Don't worry about me. I have a loud voice. I can speak no. Hello? There you go. Um, yeah, so y'all can all take those on your way out, but it really does talk a lot about parenting the heart because I know when we're talking about all of this, it can get really overwhelming and scary and you just want to go like 
take away not just their phone, but their iPad, their iTouch, their gaming system, everything that they can get apps on. Um, but it'll really just talk about um, what that looks like to parent the heart and develop a strategy for your home, not just your kids, but your home. So, Killer. Thank you very much. Uh, let me roll through a couple more of these. Uh, they asked, uh, one of the questions was, um, how do we address this in junior high? Um, we talk about social media. It's probably part of every single lesson I teach in some way, shape, or form. Uh, every single example, because these are the real world examples for our students. So if I'm looking for real illustrations, I'm talking stuff that they know. And they know social media. They know apps because they have them on their phones and they use them every day. They're probably using them while I'm teaching. So we address it in some way, shape, or form. I mean, every topic we'll cover in junior high from trust to honoring your parents to honoring yourselves to identity, all of those play into how we live our lives and we perceive it to be this online life that might be separate from the real life we're living. You know, we're living the life, we're in a life group and we're worshiping and we go to camp, but then our phone gives us access to maybe being a whole nother person. And we talk about that and we talk about it pretty honestly. Uh, we do a series uh, on social media about once a year. Uh, we haven't done one. Uh, we did one this year and we're gonna be doing one next year. So we do it every year. And we took this year off of doing a sex series to do the social media series, and next year we're gonna do both series. Um, that's what we do in junior high. And we give access to really good stuff. So we give the chance for students to interact with really healthy things. So you, not every single app is bad. A lot of apps just are bad and they're the worst. Some apps can be used for good and it can be used for bad. I mean, of course it can. So in junior high, we give access to allow for healthy interactions to take place. Like for instance, our junior high app. It has a wall that kids can interact on and post pictures and we monitor it and gives them the feeling of being able to post and share without the, the worry that they're interacting with people they shouldn't be or that they're gonna be targeted or they're gonna be messaged because those things don't exist. It just gives them the freedom to see and experience what other people are doing. Facebook's the same thing. We have our Facebook pages and we just load it with great content and pictures, the same thing with Instagram. We use the tools to honor God, hopefully, in a really healthy way that we can put into your hands and say, when, when they're looking at this stuff or using or interacting with this, you know that it's good stuff. And it comes to building these healthy practices. See, because you can't just eliminate it and say no to everything. You gotta say yes to something. So you know, what apps can you say yes to? So this is one of the questions, believe it or not. Um, what apps, uh, Let's see, let's see, the teaching social media one, and then, um, let's see, what's this? Uh, I missed it, uh, let's see. Is the, ooh, here's a good one. Is there an app to block apps? There is no app to block apps. I wish there was, that's a really there good is, one though. There is, oh. there's parental controls. I know on Android she's on Which happens all the time. Yeah, all their apps are still, if they download it, it's still there to pull back. So look into your individual cell phone and your provider and see that yeah. you have access. So, the, so the, the, an app to delete other apps, or that doesn't exist. The operating system that Apple gives, and same thing with Android, to be able to block and monitor and put restrictions on it, that does exist. And that's a really good thing. Go ahead. No, you're, you're totally fine. 
Uh, go ahead. Explain that again. Yeah, you put it. Yeah, you put a password on so they can't. Exactly. That's how it go ahead. Yeah. Absolutely. We so I in I send out this parent email every week. A couple months ago, I sent one out that was specifically about you know setting these boundaries. So it's on there. Uh, I'll make sure I put a link in into the next one so you can see it. But it actually kind of goes through the whole thing. We'll show it before we go because it's really simple and it's really effective. Um, this is one about uh, Ask FM. When kids use Ask FM, which is the anonymous question asking one, um, are the questions only on Ask FM or are they shown on other sites like Facebook profiles? Okay, so here's the, the deal with that. They use the Facebook profile to log on to these apps. Uh, they can absolutely click allow and then everything's going to be posted on Facebook and you can see everything. Or they can select don't allow and then it won't at all. Most people will select don't allow because it defeats the whole purpose of them being anonymous. So a student usually wouldn't use Ask FM, something that's built on being anonymous. Ooh, what? Uh, built on being anonymous. That's my wife. Uh, built on being anonymous if they were going to just post it to their Facebook. It defeats the whole purpose. That's the whole idea of be being anonymous. So I don't think they would. I'd be very surprised if they did. Let's see here. All right, let's see. Can kids download one of these apps, use it while away from home, then erase it when we check the history? Will the history show it? So absolutely. I mean, you, you can. that's the easiest thing in the universe to do if you don't have the system in place to see what they're downloading, the passwords in place to make sure they can't just delete it and you know, do the whole thing. Uh, it can be done, and it has been done. Uh, you just have to make sure that you have your stuff in place. Uh, it, family sharing makes it so easy to do that uh, so that you are able to see everything. Um, so I'd highly recommend that. So it does happen. It's easy to make sure it doesn't happen to your kid with their phone. Let's see here. Teen Safe is a monitor. Oh, so here's the thing. There's a thing called, uh, here, Teen Safe is a monitor. So this is actually a tip. This is a good one. Teen Safe is a monitoring service that allows parents of teens to remotely monitor an iPhone or Android smartphones, as well as view Facebook and Instagram activity. You just need their Apple ID. It costs $15 a month. So I, I've heard of this thing. I know some parents that use it. It's called uh, Teen Safe. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, and it, you can kind of view everything and see everything. And, uh, you know, you should probably tell them about it because if they find out, 
and you haven't told them, it's going to break a lot of trust. And I always recommend it just is an honest thing. It's not a bad thing because you care about your kid. But it's called Teen Safe. It's awesome. It's $15 a month. Um, what do the hashtags mean and how are they used? So a hashtag is actually pretty simple stuff. Um, I'll show it to you real quick. It's, uh, it's pretty simple. It's the same on Facebook, Twitter, um, and Instagram. Think of a hashtag um, like a global secret handshake, okay? Secret handshake, you know, you, you, know, you and your friends kind of have these secret handshakes and you all know it and, and only the people that know it are kind of pulled into it. Think of it like that. Anyone who uses a certain hashtag, it pulls in everyone all together. And you can see everything that they post and what's trending, and so that's a trending thing. So if, say you wanted to, um, you know, search, um, let's see, search, uh, and I'm going to use, um, let's see, hey, baby, Herman. So that's the hashtag me and my wife use for our kid. And there's 24 photos on there. Now, some of these photos were posted by other people, and some of them were posted by us, but it pulls everyone, oh, that one was posted by me. That was posted by me, too. That one was posted by me. <laughs> that, that one was posted by my wife. But see, it, the hashtag pulls everything together. So say you had like a family hashtag, okay? Or say there was a hashtag at your school, or say there was an event like, uh, oh man, if only we went to a church that valued caring for the poor and the helpless and the outside or whatever. Um, Let's say it was fearless, be fearless, 2015. So good, right? So exciting. Can't wait. Starting this weekend, I'll get a free t-shirt out of it. 20 photos so far. All right, so you load it and you pull it up and look at all these photos. Now, some of these people have nothing to do with Mariner's Church, especially the one in the yoga pants. She doesn't have anything to do with Mariner's Church. This girl probably doesn't have anything to do with Mariner's Church. She, maybe she does. I don't know. But this one... Absolutely does. This is actually from our account. It's pretty cool because this hashtag pulled it together. And that one's us too. That's pretty great. Um, this one, I don't know what this is. Something about fitness. I don't know what fitness has to do with raising money, but apparently has something to do with it. So, so here's the thing. Hashtags pull everything together. Regardless of what the topic is, what it is, it pulls everything together all in one spot so you can see it all at once. Go ahead. That was on Instagram. Yeah, that was on Instagram, right on the app. You click this little button here at the corner, uh, this little, the little one that looks like a, like a Sherlock Holmes, what's it called? A magnifying glass. It's a good one. I haven't, I haven't used one of those literally in 20 years. But that's what it looks like, and you can search users and hashtags, and it pulls it all together. Uh, and it's the same thing for Twitter, and it's the same thing for Facebook. All these hashtags, they pull everyone together. It's just pulling everyone together in this big conversation. Not Google. Not Google. Let's see here. Are there any other ones? No, it looks like all the questions that were texted in. That's pretty good. All right, does anyone uh, want to raise their hand for any questions right now? Because you can totally do Oh, wait, here, one just came in. Um, what apps should be used to teach healthy use of social media? That's a, re that's a really good one. Um, this, these are the apps that I personally would use if I wanted to teach healthy practices. Uh, Instagram, is, for me, is one that is used by not only us here at the church, um, it's used by a lot of students. Um, it's one where you can easily view, because it's easily controlled. So let me actually show how it's controlled. This is really easy stuff. Hey, babe, you have your phone with you? All right, turn it on. Okay. So this is what I want you to do. If you go, go on, go on. No, 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 just turn the thing on. Get it, get it, get it moving. So this is what I want, this is what I want you to do. Uh, I'm going to look you up, but I want you to, to go on to mine. I want you to block me. I know. 
can't believe I post so many great things. So I'm just going to log out here. It's like 50 accounts. So this is really, you got to learn how to do this. This is very simple stuff. Hey, Justin, Herman, uh, and mine is... Yeah, that's my username. Hey, Justin Herman. Isn't that cr really cool? And what's, oh, Hot Mama 33. That's for you, babe. I won't put it up on there. I don't want people seeing your stuff. All right. So we're going to find me. Here I am. Hey, Justin Herman. And Justin has caused trouble. We are going to block Justin, and we're sure we're going to block him. User blocked. All right. So I'm going to go on here. I'm going to find my wife. Because here's the thing. This is so easy, right? You should be able to log on and see your kid and what they're doing anytime. And Instagram gives us that. Okay, it's, it's an easy app to do. Now, they can search stuff, and they can clear their search history. So there's a level of trust there. But they're not smart. They're not always going to do it. And so you can check and see. But you're able to see not only um, what they're doing, unless they block you, of course, then you can't see anything. You request, and it doesn't work. So here's the thing. If they don't want you to see the stuff they're posting, you're going to be able to immediately know that they've blocked you, and that they're, and you, so you can't see it. Because you should be able to find their profile, because you have an account too, because you're you know, smart parents. You'll find your profile. You'll find theirs. You'll click it and see what they're looking at, and oh, man, but you can't do it. It's so, so sad. So you have to make sure you're following each other. So you know, Brid is going to, she's going to unblock me because I'm awesome. Yeah, there you go. And I'm going to follow her, and uh, you know, I'll hash that stuff out later. So let's use the Herman family, for instance, because we have so many Instagrams. We just don't know what to do. Instagram is so good because you can actually go on and you can see the people that they're following. So look at all these people they're following. Look at all these people I got. Uh, Bianca Oltoff, and look at Doug Fields, and he follows me back too. How cool is that? Joe Hayes, all these great people. There's Kenton. You, know, you guys know Kenton has an Instagram? There it is right there. I think someone on staff does the posting. He doesn't know how to use a phone. But, <laughs> you know, there's Mariner's Church. There's all the stuff we post. Now, so it's cool. You can see, but you can also see who's following them. That's an important thing because it lets you have a window in on who is interacting with them and who they are interacting with. And it's a safe place and it's a controlled place. Now, Facebook has you know, 50 directions. Twitter has you know, a bunch of other directions too. Instagram though, you can hold on to it because they're all photos, uh, they're not meant to be anonymous, and there, is no, there isn't an expectation of anonymity because it's all on there. And because you are parents that are gonna buy into very simple values of not giving them you know, enough rope to hang themselves, you're gonna have the password, so you're gonna be able to log on and see what's going on. And you're gonna be able to build trust that way. And it's a slow process because here's the thing, and I'm gonna wrap up with this because then you know, your kids are probably up there eating, e eating each other. Uh, I'm gonna wrap up with this. One day, they will not live at your house anymore. There will come a day, believe it or not, okay, is that kid still in here? Is he not in here anymore? Any children in here? There is a child in here? Okay. Listen, the holidays are a beautiful time, and I love protecting the innocence of children, okay? I'm for that 100%. And you look at your kid, and that's what you see. You see the, the beauty of the innocence of the holiday times, of, of you know, these family moments that you've created over the course of time, you know, things your parents probably did for you that you're doing for them, and that's beautiful. Here's the thing. The day's going to come where they leave your house and where they have unlimited freedom. Now, when the time comes that they have unlimited freedom, what have they learned during these years? That's the question you have to ask yourself. What have I taught them? What have they learned? 
You know, we can't give them total freedom right now because they can't handle it. It's like throwing a kid in a swimming pool without teaching him to swim. That's what a phone gives you. So how can we put a safety jacket on them, lead them, teach them to float a little bit, teach them to kick a little bit, teach them to interact in a healthy way, to let them make a few mistakes, and they will, but, but in a way that's not gonna follow them the rest of their life. And pitchers can do that. Now, when they eventually do leave your house, the hope is just that, that they've left with healthy practices that they'll use the rest of their lives. Now, you know a little bit about their apps now. This is just the beginning because this is the best gift in the world. This is the gift that you guys are gonna get because you're my parents that showed up for this. A couple already left, they're gonna miss out. Okay, here's the deal. Every week I do a thing called Inside JHM. It's a parent email I do, okay? Now, you would be shocked the amount of people that subscribe to this thing. Be there's a lot, and actually our open rate's pretty good too. Does anyone get the parent email that I send out? See all the hands? Does anyone not get it? You wanna, you wanna single yourself out, be ostracized? All right, there you go. No, I'm just kidding, I'm jo I'm, that was a joke, that was a joke. Don't be ostracized. If you get the email, this week's email is gonna be filled with some of the coolest stuff and links for you to read. If you're a reader, if you like to investigate, and you know, you know, just as much time as you put into the high school they're gonna go to and the car they're gonna get one day to make sure when they get in a car accident they're not gonna explode, all the research you put into that, this phone gives them access to more dangerous stuff than a car ever will. And because, uh, you know, bones get healed. You spend time in the hospital, you might have a limp, you'll be okay. The emotional damage that can be caused by putting yourself out there in an uncontrolled, unsafe environment can last and shape who you are for the rest of your life. And they don't know it yet. That's why they have parents. You guys know it. So the email I'm gonna be sending out this week is gonna be full of links and articles and videos. It's gonna be so full of stuff, it's gonna inundate you. But it's gonna educate you. And that's what I care about more. Now, here you have another gift you're gonna be able to reach out to me with questions because, I, and no one else knows this, so it's not gonna be in the email. You're personally gonna, because some people are weirded out by you know, emailing the pastor and they don't wanna get on my radar because once you're on my radar, you're off. You're, I mean, you're never off. You're on it, you're on it for life. So they don't wanna get on my radar with, well, my kid's kinda looking at stuff because now they're gonna be, but the truth is that that's not me. I'm not the judgmental guy that's, that's putting you on a list. I'm the guy that believes that the church is meant to come alongside families and partner with them. So. I'm gonna give you a bunch of resources. You're gonna come back at me with, I can't believe I found those apps on my kid's phone. What should I do? And we'll talk all about it. Because I believe in you guys' as parents, I believe in your kids, and I believe in our church. And this is how we do it better together. So, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the GPS. Do you know that they use GPS? I read an article recently. They use GPS on a, on a photo to put someone at the scene of a crime and they are like on trial right now for murder. That's a real story because that stuff's real. I mean, it's all like, there's, it's satellite, the whole, that's real stuff. And it tar now you can also use it to find out where someone lives. That's, you know, some guy sees a photo of 
someone that they like and they hunt them down because it's a real thing. And that's what technology gives us this unlimited access to. Very good tip. GPS. It's a very good tip. I like that. Hey, let me pray and then we're going to go. All right. It's a church. I'm a pastor. It's obvious. I'm going to pray. Let me pray. I could pray over you because I love you guys. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the parents. Thank you for their willingness to come and learn and, and just have an experience together. A lot of questions. Um, a lot of stuff got hashed up. A lot of uh, maybe new information they didn't expect. Um, hope no one is going to walk out of here with a spirit of fear. Not a single person is gonna walk out of here with a spirit of fear, a spirit of I'm not capable, a spirit of what if I mess it up? Not a single parent's gonna walk. Parents are gonna walk out of here with the spirit of I can do this. Thank goodness we have a church that partners with us. Thank goodness things that are meant to be kept hidden by enemies and, and those who do not love our kids are, are made to be open and seen um, because we have a church that's willing to partner with us. Thank you for giving these kids to these parents because they are in the best hands possible, the hands that you picked to be their parents. You didn't pick anyone else, you picked them. They're gonna walk out of here with a spirit of confidence. They're gonna walk out of here with a spirit of my kids counting on me and I got this. They're gonna walk out of here with a spirit of who is gonna love my kid better than me and the answer is no one other than you, Lord. And in your love, you gave them these parents. Thank you. We pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Go well, have fun. There's free books in the back. Uh, ask them how worship night was. All right, have a conversation on the way home. And next time we do worship night, this is so good, we're going to do another parent learning experience called Stump the Psychologist. It's going to be awesome. You're going to be able to text in questions, and we're going to have a panel of board-certified marriage and family therapists and psychologists to answer any of your questions. And it's totally anonymous, and it's totally legit. These people really have degrees in this. It's awesome. And it's free. It's going to be incredible. My wife's going to be up here, too, because she's a genius. Have a great night. Have a safe drive. Tell your kids I love them. I see you walking around the church, but other than that, man, I hope everything's going great. I miss you. <laughs>